0: according to your word according
1: and fondly, Lord, of when your angel come to Mary that day and prophesied of what you were about to do in her body. Lord, it's such a supernatural thing you did those years ago. Her response was, being unto me according to thy word. Lord, 2,000 years later, stands here tonight, your bride's body. Lord, we have the same testimony. Be it unto us, Lord, according to your word. Let nothing in our heart, in our life, in our body, in our spirit, our soul hold anything back from you tonight, Lord, or any time. <clears throat> we surrender all that we are to you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, Lord. I, I think so often I just cannot say that enough, Father. I wouldn't, would not be alive at this moment without your blood, without your kindness, without your mercy, Lord. How great you are to your people. How long-suffering and merciful and, and good, Lord. You are all that's good. We love you so much tonight, Lord. Not one of us here are worthy of such mercy, Lord God, but yet here we stand, recipients of your grace. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for that. Lord, where would we be without you? That would be a very dark, dismal, and lonely road to start going down thinking where we'd be tonight without you. If you had given up, like you probably should have, Lord, a long time ago, but yet you didn't. And we say thank you, Jesus. With our hearts full of love and joy and appreciation, we say thank you, Lord, for never giving up. For being willing tonight to finish the work that you started. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to stand here and worship you. In spirit and in truth. With no chains, with no bondage with no 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 nothing that Satan can put on us anymore because Satan's defeated. We thank you, Lord, for being so wonderful to us. We pray, Lord, as we now turn to the ministering of your word, the casting of the seed, Lord, and renewing our hearts, re- refilling our joy, Lord, and drawing nearer tonight As your word comes forth. Let us lay aside our own thoughts. Let us lay aside our own wants and anything, Lord, that might not be pleasing to you, Lord some things aren't always bad but we might hold it wrong help us to lay it down at your altar tonight lord god that you might have preeminence in us father whatever it might be if it comes forth as correction as a rebuke as an admonition lord blessed be the name of the lord we accept it gratefully lord god because you only chastise your children we appreciate your mercy Lord. we want to be right we don't got to be right lord but we want to be right we want you to have preeminence in your body pray you bless my brothers and sisters I pray you'd help them Lord That the enemy will now try his very hardest to steal their attention He will now try his very hardest to make them sleepy To make some not always kind of jump around to startle or to scare or distract But Lord I pray you let them to stay zero focused on what you have for us tonight Lord your words are life and they're life eternal Your prophet taught us, Lord, when that sowing of that seed comes forth, that it conquers every devil. It it rebukes them. It pushes them back. And it sets the captives free. Let your word come forth with such a clarity tonight, Lord, that each one of us will be set even more free of this world's hold, Lord. Let gravity lose hold a little bit more tonight. We don't want to stay here. This world's not our home. We have one prepared by you, Lord. And that's where we're pressing toward. We're striving toward, Lord. We're longing for. While we're here in this body, while we're here in this world, we will perform thy will and only thy will, Lord. Whatever you have us to do, help us to do it, Lord, quickly. Not hide away, not shut down. A light, a, a, a light cannot be hid under a bushel. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Your wife is meant to be a city set on a hill, shining that great eternal light for all the world to see. Your prophet told us that that third pull is for the bride and for the eternally lost. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. Have your way here tonight. And again, at the close of this service, After having done all that you're about to do, Lord, as we await so expectantly, we will give you all the praise and honor and glory. And we'll say with a great testimony yet once again, our heart has burned within us as you, Lord, have talked with us along the way. We surrender, Lord. Have your way, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. While you're standing, I just want to read a scripture to you, then <clears throat> you may be seated. Tonight our title is Possessing Your Enemies' Gates. We've been in that study on the, um, uh, on the weapons of our warfare and what God has allotted to us and and, and what he has allotted to us is, is out of this world and nothing can stand before it. Do not doubt your armor. Do not doubt your weapon. Do not doubt the word that he has for you to speak. If you'll turn to Judges chapter 11. Judges chapter 11 verse 23 and verse 24. Now is this... Is this is brought up from the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of the children of Ammon to the, the, the Israelites and what's brought to them to come against them. And they've now come up to him to try to take back these certain things and, and God always raised the standard. And as he starts to remind them of what God did in days gone by, he starts to remind them and that's, that's what you're to do. You're to encourage yourself in the Lord, encourage yourself in the word. You know, many, many arrows, many lobbying uh, grenades or missiles that the enemy would throw your way to, to tear you down and to take away your joy and take away the peace of God that he has for your life. Satan's constantly trying to take it. That's why we fall back, not fall back. We live in front of the word of God and we let it sustain us and keep us. And that grace and mercy of him that it takes and shakes off no matter what has happened and you can step out with faith and say, I believe what he says. I don't care the taunt of the enemy. I don't care of his 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 threat. Any of those lies. Verse twenty-three of chapter eleven. So now the Lord God of Israel hath dispossessed hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And shouldst thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. You may be seated tonight. Them will we possess. Before we get started, a couple things I wanted to announce. I I put that on the WhatsApp page yesterday after having talked to Brother Samuel. And he's supposed to meet with um, the embassy, I think he said, uh, either the last day of May or the first day of June, something like that. And, and if he's watching, he'll call me and correct me. But, but it's very, very quickly. So he's got to get all those things wrapped up as quickly as possible to pay for all the visas and the passports and all that stuff. And, and I told him that I would definitely be willing to help him. And the only reason why I put it out there openly like I did because several of you had mentioned that y'all wanted to help as well. There's no pressure. If the Lord puts something on your heart, then praise the name of the Lord and, and then God will make a way. We maintain that all the way. God will make a way. <clears throat> we, both he and I, have, we, we prayed this way that we only want God's perfect will. If it's not God's perfect will, we don't want him to be here. We want God's perfect will. Because if it's God's perfect will to stay there, it's not probably the, the easiest of lives, to, to put it lightly. But, but then that's what God has for him. But if God has something for him here, then Amen. then, then, then God will do it. God will bring it to pass. Um, what we'll do uh, at the end of the service, and I'll remind you at the end, what we'll do is we'll take our offering basket and we'll just put it back in the back. If there's something on your heart, if you want to drop it in, we'll, we'll do it like that. We'll have Brother Matt or Joseph do that back there in the back by the tithing offering box. And Just what's on your heart. If it's a dollar, if it's a penny, you, God will take that and he'll multiply that. We've already raised about $225 for him before we even almost made the announcement. So God, is, God, is, God will take care of it. God will take care of it. And you understand that you know, everything that we have, it don't belong to us. We don't look at money as, oh, we've got this wealth. And look at our bank accounts. Have you seen how great it is? And look what I've done. Look what I've done. You've not earned one penny on your own. Not one penny. Not one penny that you have is yours. Now, and, and God is so merciful. <clears throat> I'll share this testimony with you. you know, back in December, we was working out of town. And, and Bethany went to the grocery store to buy groceries. And I think it rung up a little bit over $300 she shared this with you, but I want to remind you of this. Um, a little bit over $300, and she went to pay, and she had two or three cars, and none of them would work when every one of them should have worked. Every one of them should have worked. There's no reason why they wouldn't work. And she told the lady, she just push my groceries over the side. I'll go to the ATM. I'll get money. I'll come back and pay you for it. And a woman behind her said, I'd like to pay for your groceries. And she said that I live, I think she said, on a fixed income or something like that, and I had $300-something extra this month, and I wasn't sure where God wanted me to put it. This wasn't a millionaire walking up to her and saying, hey, I'd like to, that's nothing, that's pennies, that's nothing to me. It's a woman that was on a fixed income, said, here, I'd like to give that. I want to know the Lord when he put it. See, in our hands, it just turns to dust. In our pockets, it just turns to lint, and it's worthless but when you put into his hand, you think about that boy that brought his lunch one day to a gathering on the side of a hill. He brought his lunch, just his lunch, on the side of a hill to a gathering. And the king of kings took it and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, as we notice that in this church that God has built and in this assembly that we've not as of yet started necessarily a missionary offering. But that is something I want to do. I want to, we'll, we'll, we'll get that figured out and see how the Lord would lead that. Obviously, we're small, but we're doing great things even being so small. Amen. So, I'd like to set up, and we'll pray about that and see what God allows, but I would like to have also a missionary offering, just as you can give, a dollar or two dollars or something like that, whatever it be, could, that means a lot in another country. That money goes a long way in another country if we can send it, and they've got ways now that we can send it pretty cheap, uh, it'll be a, you know, a percentage of whatever you send, but but I'll be able to get it to them and, and, and others, brothers and sisters like yourselves will be blessed and be helped. Is that, that okay? Is yeah. that okay? Okay. Um, one other thing I want to talk to you about, if you've noticed that the number on our building fund has went down, what we've had into it, it cost $1,700 <coughs> Excuse me, to get the air conditioner swapped out to get where it's at. So we took that out of building. We took... Fourteen hundred of that out of building fund, and and two other people gave the rest to, to make up that difference. Um, is, is it worth it? Is the AC worth it? Anybody? Anybody? Because I can I can hang, I can pay him to take it back. But it, but it, it's worth it. And it's, it's maybe not the, the best thing I mean, as far as, you know, have the money to put a brand-new system in. This one's got a lot of flaws, the way it delivers there, the way it balances. And even Saturday, with all the amount of people in here, it was still warm, and we had it on 65, I think. I set it on at probably 9 or so. Set, no, eight, 8.30 when I got here Saturday. So it had been cold, soaking up in the, the, the furniture and the walls, trying to keep it as cold as possible. But, so it, it, it will struggle as we have bigger, you know, bigger crowds come in, but it's still better than what we had. Yeah. So I want to say I appreciate that. (coughs) Um, It's been brought up and mentioned that the Wednesday before our Memorial Day weekend meetings, that we want to take that Wednesday and dedicate it here in this building as a prayer meeting for the meetings. So keep that in your heart, keep that on your mind. That that Wednesday night before the, May, the Memorial Day weekend meetings, we're going to dedicate that as a prayer meeting. So we'll have our normal service. We'll come, we'll sing, we'll worship the Lord, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just you know, take our time and just pray and ask God's blessings on the meetings. There are going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that will come here, and and it's not just that they're coming to bless you with their presence. They they will also have a need as well. And we're taught as a Christian to bear one another's burdens. And and we might not be a large number yet, but God, again, God is doing very mighty things. And he's increased a faith in our hearts that will bless and help so many others. And so, as they come amongst you, and they hear your testimony, and they see your life, and that you preaching your sermon, as you live in your life right before them, and the prophet would tell you that you live in that life that sanctified, consecrated the Lord Jesus Christ, dedicated His will. But the prophet said in the Hebrews chapter four series that that's the thunder that shakes the devil. Amen. Your lived life—it's the thunder that shakes the devil. Well, no, that's just too simple. Explain that to the devil; Amen. he would disagree. Probably not to your face. He's like, no, you ain't doing nothing just because you're living holy and you're not doing these things and you're not talking bad about people and you're not running other people down and you're not running out in the world. You're not, he, He's like, you have no effect on me, but if you could look in that realm, you would see it stomping him down pretty good. All I did was believe the word and live my life accordingly. It stomps him down pretty good. I like that. See, I've said all many times, you're called to be an army in the presence of the Lord. And you look at Joel 2, and the Lord utters his voice before his army. And as you find all through the Bible that that it just ties backwards and forwards. A lot of people get tripped up in Revelation chapter 10 as those thunders come forth. And that's just the Lord speaking to his people, giving orders as it were. That you jump back to Joel 2, and it says that the Lord utters his voice before his army. God speaks. God is meant to be the one to lead. If you jump all the way back to first, king, first Samuel there when, where the people were asking for a king to be like the Philistines. We want a we king just like the Philistines. So let me get this right. You want a king just like your exact opposite enemy. The guy that hates you and is spending his life trying to kill you. Yeah, we want a king just like him. Okay, let me, let me run this by you as a poll. Just a quickly, does their king cross, open up Red Seas? Does their king open up the Jordan? Does their king rain down food out of heaven? Does their king work as a rock traveling through the land, giving them water? Day? Their king. You ever heard of another king like that? No, there's not one. And that's what you want. See, we don't want that. Amen. We don't want that. We only want him. Amen. We want him. And whatever that looks like, we, we have no, no, no preconceptions. We have no ideas. We have no... There's so many things that I've even realized in my own life as a believer, being raised in the message all these years... That I had so many things misunderstood in my heart and my life to what God does. I've been told things that were wrong. I've been un- assumed things that were wrong. The way that God would move. And I'm thankful that God took the time to correct me in that. And you see what the freedom of, what the worship is like in this room. What the freedom of, of prayer, of, of all that God does. It's, it's nothing like any, any assembly I've ever been in. It's nothing like any church I've ever been in. Anybody disagree? Is this one just like the last one you was in or the two before that or the three before that? No, something is different and special here. And it's not me, it's him. The Bible's very clear about God's provided place and God's where he puts his name. And if you find where God puts his name, that's where everything is that's the blessing of the lord that's where miracles happen that's where lives are changed that's where understanding of his word and it's it's not just you're not just here tonight because of the loaves and fishes you're not just here because we've been given a a a supernatural miracle of god providing this to us we're not just here because of those things not just because god's healed your body not just because he set you free from all those things you're here because you've heard something in his word that sparked something down deep that you cannot explain it but it's drawing you closer and closer to him that it's put a hunger and a burning and thirst in your heart that you cannot explain all you know is that I'm starting to get addicted I'm starting to get addicted I spoke to a brother in Africa the day and he was asking about some things and and it was telling about they want to have some meetings there and and he said that I want to show these youth that, that you can get addicted to reading your Bible that you can get addicted to prayer come on now you can sure enough get addicted to social media, you can get addicted to your phone, and all that will do will steal your victory. It'll steal your victory. I heard Brother Wayne say that on something recently. He said when he first came to the message, his preacher, his pastor taught that having a TV in your home, that'll send you to hell. And that was pretty much the common. everybody thought that. You can't have one of those things Brother Graham said, but as a prophet, they didn't understand what he's looking at. It has no ability to send you to hell. What it will do is steal your victory. Anybody else? Same thing with your phone. See, right now he would say, you know, throw that thing away. Get rid of it. Go back to just a flip phone, something that doesn't even text. Get rid of it because it'll steal your victory. I can testify that it'll steal your victory. And then you've wasted all that time when you were supposed to be laying in the presence of the Lord. Well, I just have other things. No, you're supposed to forget this world. You're supposed to not love the pleasure of this world. You're supposed to live, breathe, eat, and sleep him. Are you even worthy to be called by his name? but when you do turn that way and say Lord I made a mistake help me to overcome that he's the only way you can in your own flesh you can't overcome that in your own flesh you can't get that idol out of your hand you can't get that engraved image out of your hand in your own flesh but if you surrender it to him he'll bring a balance to it in your life there's things that we have to do for work for communication for sharing testimonies and those things are a blessing but other things are not and the devil will get victory in your life on you on that. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, Bethany? One of the things I had on my heart, work day Saturday, um, we've got several things we need to do. I don't know necessarily how long it will take. We've, um, we were, me and um, Joseph Aaron and Levi got over here on Monday after our company had left. and We got three lights up on the outside out here. And you guys will really, we will really enjoy that tonight as we're leaving not stumbling around, <coughs> that part's going to be really nice. Um, I want to, I, I've got, um, we've got can lights to put in here. We're going to change out these chandeliers to uh, a little bit newer ones, a little bit, uh, a little bit more updated ones. And not necessarily, they're not nice, but uh, one thing about that newer fixture is, and with the newer wires, and I don't know how old that would be, I would guess at least 40 years old. The wiring's going to be a lot better in the newer light. Uh, you put newer bulbs in it. We can put we've got LEDs in these as well. But you'll notice it'll just work a little bit better. Not that it's not a good fixture, but we went ahead and bought them and put them together, and so we'll get those up as well. And it'll help uh, also tremendously with your being able to see the screens. Now, as you've noticed, we're getting to. See, it's been now for this is May, so it's probably been since about the middle of April as the time is changing and getting brighter. That now we've got light coming through during service, you know, burning through, and so that makes it we've not been here in May before. So. That's a little bit different there, so we'll have to figure that out. Otherwise, you're not a, I'm not staring for you. and So we'll get that figured out. It's just growing pains and things like that. One other thing I did have in my heart to talk to you about, um, I, I'd like to, um, and I know everybody's not here, Maybe this will be better on something to announce on Sunday. and If I remember, I'll announce it then as well. I'd like to give you the opportunity, if you have any questions... About anything that you wanted to turn in and we can we can talk about it and pray about it and and we can address them openly that way that I I know that we've had some that have turned in some and we've answered those back and turned them back and and I realize after the fact that if if one person has that question someone else probably does as well and the things that the Lord would use to answer those questions will really bless you. A question was turned in, and I'll share this And the person who, who wrote it. They'll know, and forgive me. I don't mean to embarrass them. But they'd asked a question about that unclean frogs that come out of the mouth of the false prophet in the book of Revelation. Everybody familiar with it? That as that, that false prophet spoke, those unclean frogs come out of his mouth. Everybody, everybody on the page, say, we, we can have charity search that if we can put the scripture up. But those unclean frogs, you already have a false prophet. That false prophet's going to be human. That's going to be a body that has surrendered himself to the way of the devil. Uh, the prophet would tell you that, that uh, anyone that would surrender themselves wholly to the devil, then they're going to be you know, maniacs. They're going to be super strong. You won't be able to hold them. There'll be all these demoniacs and all those things like that. And you can look at someone. I'm sure that many of you have heard of cases, if not seen it, of someone that's fully surrendered the devil to quite a way that they can do unreal things. Walk right up that wall. Unreal things. It's all demonology. And that's surrender to the devil. Everybody understands? Now, again, I think I quoted on Sunday out of Patmos' vision. The Brother Randall made that statement that a man that's fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. So if you're surrendered to the devil, all you can do is be super strong, climb up the wall, make a table float, uh, make a pencil stand up, a pen stand up by itself, and write in unknown tongues, and then have it turn around and interpret it. Those kind of things you can do. You can bring death and sickness and disease. That's the law of contrast. But what the law of the positive would do, that a man sur- or woman surrendered to God can conquer every one of those things, Amen. can put them under the feet, and can bring a spirit of peace and love and joy and change that person that it's bound by. Amen. That's powerful, I think. Amen. So you have that, that that one, that false prophet, and they have that spirit comes out of his mouth. I think it's verse 12, getting that, or it's right there, sorry, the bottom, bottom sentence right there, out of the mouth of the false prophet. Those spirits like frogs, <laughs> those spirits, you only have. You only had, in the very beginning, God created angels. And just kind of real quick, give you a rundown. God created angels, and Lucifer, through him perverting and twisting the word, was able to manipulate one-third of the angels. The Bible says in Revelations that that great dragon took his tail and drug out a third of the stars of heaven, and they were all cast down to earth with him. One-third of angels. They were angels, but when they were cast down, they now are demons of darkness. Now, I don't know how they can change themselves in certain manifested, certain manifestations, because Paul would say, "If I or any other or even an angel of light would come to you preaching anything differently than what I preach, let him be accursed." Now, an angel from heaven that works for the Lord it's surrender the Lord is not going to bring anything different from what Paul preached. But someone that's been cast down said, so that lets me know that they can still look like an angel of light somehow or another. No different than was it um, was St. Martin had that testimony. No, it wasn't St. Martin. Was it St. Martin that, that, that Satan had come to him looked, dressed like the Lord Jesus? He had a crown of gold on his head and he told him, Fall down and worship me. And Martin looked back and he said, You're not supposed to be crowned yet. You're not supposed to be he's able to look at the word and says, okay, you're not lining up with what the word says you are yet. I'm, I'm looking at my watch and we're not standing in glory at this moment, so you're not meant to be crowned yet. So he's able to say, flee from me, Satan. But Satan comes to him in every single aspect looking just like the Lord Jesus and only one thing wrong, and because the man studied the word and knew the word, he was able to look at him and say, get thee behind me. Amen. Would you have that ability tonight? Well, I have that ability tonight. This is why you must have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is why you must have the one that leads and guides all understanding, wisdom, and truth and revelation of him. That way when you see him, you will recognize him. You know what a blessing it is to be able to recognize him? I was listening to a brother preach just this week, and he was talking about when the Lord Jesus came in flesh 2,000 years ago. And again, I said that on Sunday about these scribes and Pharisees, these people who studied the law, studied the word, that looked at every Old Testament manifestation of what, how, what, how, and when he would come. And then they looked at him. He's standing there in flesh, and they told him that you're a blasphemer. They told Jesus, you're a blasphemer. He said, why do you try to stone me? He said, for which, he said, for which good work are you trying to stone me with? And they said, for no good work, to stone me, we're trying to stone you because you're blaspheming. You're saying you're God, that you're the son of God, that you come from God. They say you're a blasphemer. Yep. Right. Recognizing your day, what it looks like in your day. You're blessed people tonight. Amen. Very, very blessed people tonight. You know, even as I, as I look on that, I feel impressed to say this about the coming of your day. And I touched that on Sunday. And I know we're being recorded. And, and if you need to go back and pause and listen to it and back it up and hear what I'm about to say. That in the coming that has already happened in this day. In the second coming that's already happened in this day. There are three comings of Christ. There are three comings of Christ. I can take your Bible and prove it to you without even touching a message book. See I believe the message is the revealed word of God That it's meant to come back along and line up with that If it does not line up with that You better fling it across the room But I promise you if you'll pray to God And ask him to help you understand It will line up with you So even with the Bible alone That first coming Isaiah 9 6 Then you have the prophecy of Luke 17 30 And when he's revealed And Peter would say that he comes as a thief in the night That is nothing like as Jude records And Enoch said that the Lord comes With ten 000, thousands of his saints And it just also said that every eye shall see him even they which pierced him you understand there's three different right there so you can't come as a thief in the night and every eye see him just to be real plain for you understand so again everybody tracked me so far everybody tracking me so far so so then if you understand that that our god as he told the woman at the well is spirit that he is spirit and you also understand that he fills all time and space not one of us in this room are omnipresent Omnipresent means, and I know I talk really fast sometimes. I don't ever mean to run over things and make you not understand. The word omnipresent means to exist everywhere at the same time, everywhere. So if He's God here, He's God back there. He's God over there. He's God everywhere as you swing your hand, and not just on this planet. Not just He fills all time and space, the furthest galaxies, the furthest reaches, as far as you can go. That's where your God is so if God was to come where would he come from okay so then now you got to figure out wait a minute if God was to come where would he come from now you got to back and you got to change the question you got to understand why would he come so you understand the first coming was to redeem us was to redeem us And the prophet told us many times that redemption has two parts, a coming out of and a going into. We could not come out of our sin, come out of the world, come out of our our lusts and our our pains of the flesh and, and pleasures of the world without what he did. We could not come out of that. And we sure could not go into him with all that. You could not go to him but he made a way in that first coming that you could come out of this world and in the second coming, you now see who he is and you can go into him. See, the second coming is a much more beautiful uh, of the, about the marriage because you have the deal with the espousal and the engagement and what he did there at Calvary is he separated you from his side. But in this day, you have that reuniting, you have that rejoining. And the prophet would preach it as this, that it's the, the wedding of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. Amen. And that wedding, it doesn't always happen on the same day. You didn't marry on the same day I did. Because it's an individual affair. It will always be an individual affair. The day that your heart surrendered and said, I accept that marriage covenant. And when you accept a marriage covenant as a wife to a husband, she lets all of her things go, all of her wants, and now she is led solely by him. This is where Satan tries to pervert all of those things. Well, no, you should have your rights. You should have your ideas. You should be the one to lead the lead. And that's nonsense. That's perversion. That's a lie of the devil. Not that a woman's not capable. Not that a woman's not smart. Never should a woman ever be on the ground. Never be under her feet. She was not created to be under your feet. She was created to be next to your side. But there is an order. There is an order. No different than you with the Lord Jesus. In your order, you're not Elohim. But yet you are Elohim. You don't deserve glory. He does. So, in this day of the marriage that happens here, the marriage happens here. You don't take a rapture without being married That's right. That's right. because it's a stepping through to the honeymoon. It's a stepping through. You you see so many times, sometimes they'll they'll memorialize it with pictures and things like that. I think just, um, I think even Saturday they had a picture of mom and dad getting in their car as they were leaving the reception to go, stepping out. And that's meant to be, we're leaving all these things, we're now joined, it's all lawful, it's legal. He's hers, she's his. Now we step into our lives together and begin that knowing process. Now, Malachi would teach you that it's not a poof and you're gone. It's not a poof and you're gone. No, it's a character training. It's a here a little, there a little. Malachi says it like this, that you're trained up as calves in the stall. Amen. Trained up as calves in the stall. Now, we, just to share this testimony with you, we've had a little, fo- a little hobby farm now for about eight years, and we finally, after all this time, have had a little baby calf. Praise just a miracle. Amen. So that baby calf, maybe 25 pounds, you don't want it on your table right now. It ain't ready to eat. It ain't it's got to be raised. It's got to be fed. Right. It's got to get stronger. Yes, you don't just get stronger by laying in a chair. You realize that? You don't get stronger laying in your recliner or, or sitting back and just saying, "Oh, just it's just the best thing." No, you get stronger on your feet. Yes. You get stronger walking on uneven ground. You realize that? How many have ever only walked, if you've got the difference between city folk and country folk, only ever walked on a side fall lot, you know, as far as flat ground and then go to the hill someday and try to walk up the side of a hill? There's a difference. You wore out in the first few steps. You've not been trained to walk. See, the Bible says that he will make you like hinds feet. Walk right up the side of that mountain. That's a sheer cliff that no one else can walk, but you can. Amen. You've been created to, you've been called to. So in this rapture, in this marriage, in this wedding, in all this preparation, as he makes her ready, he has prepared for himself a bride without spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. And it also says about her that his wife hath made herself ready. She didn't do this on her own. The only thing she had input to do that was, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Lord, show me something else. Lord, Lord, I didn't realize I had that. I've had things come across my heart, little complexes, and little things that have been hurt from years ago. I didn't realize they still hurt. And I'd walk up to a test or a trial and something would happen like that. I'm like, Lord, I didn't know that was there. Lord, I surrender that to you. I can't carry that on my own. That'll eat me up. That'll tear me apart. I'll be so mad and twisted and angry and hurt all the time. Lord, I've got to give that to you. And then the healer reaches down and takes it. He touches your heart and the scar's gone. Only he can do that. And that's the relationship and the marriage with him. Now, when the rapture happens, it's not a poof. It's not just as so many always thought that you just like so. It's very much tied to his resurrection 2,000 years ago. You'll be here 30 to 40 days in that new body. 30 to 40 days in that new body. See, they all come with him when he comes, they did i quote 1 Thessalonians 4 to you. Those that are alive and remain will not prevent or hinder them that are asleep. That first, you have two resurrections. You have a first resurrection. You have a second resurrection. The first resurrection is wakes those that sleep. Sleep. He said about Jairus' daughter. She's not dead. She's just asleep. Those that are in the bride that are asleep in Jesus, he will raise with him at his coming. First Thessalonians chapter 4. The shout, the voice, the trumpet the shout, the vo- 1 Thessalonians 4 at the shout, at the voice, at the trumpet all those things that happens at his coming he does all those things at his coming yes, sir. there's so much in, in, in type and in numerology even down to Revelation chapter 10 verse 7 what God did in those days if you were to jump back in Leviticus and walk through the 10th day and the 7th hour and all those things and see what it meant for God to step out in a jubilee sounding in Revelation chapter 10 and says that I am here And we just walk around. It's no big deal. It's a little bit. Oh, it's the biggest. Amen. It's the biggest Amen. of deals. It's the biggest of deals. Amen. See, I don't, I don't, I don't worship William Branham, but I reverence William Branham. Yes. Revelations ten seven. I worship. I, I, I reverence that man. I thank God for that man. I'm so thankful that that God would send a man that can humble himself down to no matter yes. what anybody said about him, he would still only preach the word of God. Yes. And I've shared that with you on. Um, I can't remember if it. If is it on the message choosing of the bride or I can't remember exactly when it was, whatever the message was that Danny Henry gave that prophecy. Brother Branham gets done preaching. He steps away from the pulpit. The, pul- the mic is still on. It's turned on. He walks over here, and some people are greeting him. Another minister walks up and starts disputing everything Brother Branham said. He's wrong in this. He's wrong in this. That's not true. That's not true. Brother Branham's right over there. He said, Brother, he said, that's all I know according to the Bible. And right when he makes that statement, Danny Henry steps up because thou hast chosen the hardest path. He said, that's my way. You've chose my way. Not to do what they said just because they said it. It's to do what this thing says no matter what anyone says. So for a man to be able to surrender himself down to a point, I was telling just someone here recently that you have the The scripture gives out that Elijah was a man of like passions. Elias was a man of like passions and as a man or woman you understand the things that you're passionate about whether it's something as simple as lust or the things of the flesh or even other things that irritate you make you mad or that you're really excited about And and you the Bible tells you in its clearness and simplicity that Elias Elijah the first use of the Elijah spirit was a man just like that as well he was a man he was not an angel he was not a God he was a man. Had things just like you to struggle with. Had things just like you to surrender and lay those things down. Now, you don't get a lot of detail because it's, it's packed up so tight on that one line that Elias was a man of a subject like passion like you are. But what you do find in the fourth use of that spirit, you had Elijah, you had Elisha, you had John the Baptist, you had William Branham, and then you have there in Revelations 11 those two witnesses there. In a William Branham, you have a better examination of what that spirit was like. You had a man that, that wanted to please other people. He wasn't trying to be contrary. He wasn't an argumentative man. He wasn't out to knock you down or beat you down or, or to prove that he's right. None of that was in him. Ever. But he constantly caught people against him that was that way. No, I'll prove to you I'm right. I'll prove to you you're wrong. I'll come against you nonstop. And he would always say, brother, this is just in the light of a better understanding. All I can tell you is what he told me. That's all I can tell you. I have no other understanding, light, or or words of wisdom my own. It's what he said. It's only what he said. Well, I don't believe he said it. Well, that's up to you. It's up to you. So to have a prophet of our day, to have all those people come against him, and they said all those terrible things about him, and you still got people terrible things are saying about him. I, I like something that Ron Spencer said couple of years ago, Brother Tim Pruitt, he had made a statement, and just as a broad statement, I don't know if any of those people were there in the meeting that night, but in the recording, he said, all of you people that's come against the message and the prophet of the day, he said, I'll tell you, your boss, your boss come against that prophet 60 plus years ago and got just as defeated as you are tonight. Night after night after night after night after night. I wish so bad. I know we've got Deep Coffee Deep record on tape. If we had something that can get into that, that spiritual realm and watch those demons get dragged out. Night after night. Stomped heads in the ground. Yeah. By a real simple, quiet man. You can barely hear him without a microphone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave the man. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus saith the Lord, You're healed quietly as can be not sitting and saying i'm gonna tell you one thing but no just just simply just and stand there till he couldn't stand up no more night after night and and just i think just recently had the anniversary of the jonesboro meetings that he stayed there for two weeks straight two weeks straight i don't even know how he went to the bathroom two weeks straight and he would lay down right here on the floor and take some, uh, so many as many minutes as he could a nap and the people would stand here and wait for brother brand to get up so they go back to praying for he go back praying for them Saying that man was trying to build something for himself? Not at all. That man was only about the kingdom of God. And you have these liars and these men that are perverted and come all these different nonsense again. And they're touching God's anointed. They're coming against his prophets. They will pay for that terribly. They'll pay for that terribly. All I can say is God have mercy. God have mercy. I'm not trying to vindicate the man on the left. The man on the right vindicate the man on the left all that's done and settled. We're up to where we're at right now. In this day, and what God has for his wife of this day, is not a God that you can only see through a glass darkly. It's not through a book that's sealed. It's not through an understanding of days gone by. See, as the the revelation come out, as those four gospels were preached, as those four guards were laid down that guarded the way to the mercy seat, that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the life, burial, death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, is that's working through out of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It hits the book of Acts Keeps coming through and lives are being changed. Now you're seeing fruit of that kingdom of heaven in the heart and the life and the works of every apostle or disciple or believer. They're taking that. Those same things, it's coming to them. Now this truth has been given in its form and it's in its power. And now as those disciples start to die off, others who don't understand that did not see the same kind of work, they start to say, well, I heard that he said this. I heard that he said this. They wouldn't go back to that. So then they figured they would come up with a whole new ridge of themselves. And what we'll do, I don't care what the Bible says, let's say there's actually three gods. Let's break those things down. We'll find in recording and writing of Matthew 20, 18, that Jesus said, Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, which is only an office, it's only a title, it's not a name. He said, Baptize in the name. Father, Son, Holy Ghost is not a name, but if you baptize in the name, you find that Acts 2:38, Acts 14, and God gives you that power through the straight way, and it builds you up to where you can stand through every fiery dart of the enemy that comes at you to try to make you disbelieve your weapon Amen. make you disbelieve your weapon Amen. so as you're being built right as it's coming to you the right way we, we say this all the time about building a house if we were to build a big building and we've got the building we've got our foot the foundation laid out and let's say it's level let's actually say everything's level and everything's square but we don't put rebar steel we don't put any kind of reinforcing material in the concrete after a while the weight of that building that concrete's gonna crack and fall down. It must be built right. It must be built according to blueprint. Yeah. Now, some of you don't understand what how stringent this means. That it must be. But everybody knows about the leaning Tire Pisa, right? Yeah. The leaning—it's all—it was leaning. It's in the name. It's leaning. They built it, and it went like that. Anybody want a skyscraper do that besi- that you're living beside? You live beside you know, I just bought me a nice new apartment beside the Empire State Building, and it's kind of leaning my way. But it's okay. No big deal. No big deal, just whatever you want, however it comes together. Whatever that You know, that guy, he wasn't really a carpenter. This guy wasn't an architect. They kind of got together, threw the prints away, and let's just do it like this. This will be right. No, sir. It's not right. You have no legal right to stand on. You have no legal grounds to stand on when you're built wrong. Amen. You have no footing to stand on when you're built wrong. But when you're built right, footsteps mean something. Amen. But if you're not built right, footsteps don't mean nothing. You walk up the devil, baptized that way, he laughs in your face. You walk up the devil with, with things twisted up as far as the truth of God in your heart, which all it does was it, it, it takes your faith and pigeonholes it. it. It punches all these holes in your faith because you're not sure. You're not sure. The, Brother Ram said it made so many times about the word presuming. The word presuming means to venture without authority. So I'm just going to assume that I can walk right through that wall. I'm not going to walk, though. I'm going to run full blast. You're about to get a show. And I'm going to need some ice or something. You know that I can't do that. You know that I'm venturing without authority. But if you watch a door being built and a way being made, you know I can go right through it. And there's nothing legally stopping me. So let's back up the word legally. A lot of times you go right to a prison cell. You got chains on you. You can't leave. There, you, everybody understand. If you're in a prison cell, you don't get to leave whenever you want. You leave when they say. But what if the door is open? What if the chains fall off? What if the Lord Jesus is telling you, "Come unto me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give thee rest." It changes things. So when you're not venturing without authority. When you're not wondering, when you're not twisting, when you know without a shadow of a doubt what he says. Not what you think someone else said, but what he says. It changes everything. So, again, a legal inheritance. To possess your enemy's gates. You can't walk up there... Uh, with no faith in your heart, you can't walk up there a half-in, half-out Christian, you can't walk up with no faith, you can't walk up there with no prayer life, you can't walk up there with all against your brother and the critical spirit and all these things and expect that enemy to do anything but laugh in your face. I shared that with you, what that thing told Brother William about his cousin. He said he wants me here. He wants me here. So when you get into demon possession and the way that uh, the the demon's a con man, he's a squatter, he thinks he's got a right to stay there. He thinks he's got a right to stay there. And he'll move in on your property, he'll move on on your land, and if you don't do something about it, he'll take over. This is just basic, this is just basic common demonology. You give him a second, he'll take your life. You give him a minute, he'll cut your head off. You'll just be bound in prison and pain. You've got to step up and say, I have a legal right to tell you to get out. And the way I know these things is I've examined my life with the Word. My life is built according to the Word. And because I'm built according to the Word, you ain't got a chance. You don't have a chance. So, for example, let's transport you back in time 4,000 years. Now, you're one of the children of Israel standing on that side of Jordan being told that that over there is your inheritance. But you're looking at thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You're looking at giants. You're looking at men or warriors trained and you know that that is where your possession lays and it ain't Moses that give it to you it ain't Pharaoh it ain't those kings it's the creator your God that said I give this to you he tells Joshua in Joshua 1 everywhere the sole of your foot lands I give that to you Amen. you could be like is it Ephraim and Gad and those that say you know what we'll stay down this side of the river is it Manasseh and Gad what it's there over here we don't, we don't want to go over there. We, if you need us to help fight, we'll come over and help fight, but we'll stay over here. We don't need no possessions. We'll just stay over here. It's nice. It's okay over here. That's not where your possession lies. And when you realize where your possession lies, you can defend it. So again, possessing your enemy's gates. In, in our life, in our walk, the enemy comes at us indifferently. He's not out here trying to, trying to move our fence property line. You might find you know, your neighbor over in the middle of the night digging up your fence post and trying to slide him your side a little bit. Every night moving over, trying to take a little more, trying to take a little more. That's what they did. They were trying to take a little more of the land. See, the way this works in your walk, in your life, because you don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. And you watch how, see, the way that you're built and the way you're designed in such a way that he's constantly lobbying things that you see and what will stick. Yeah. So what we'll have is we'll have Sister Penny look at Sister Deborah, and she'll go to smile at Sister Deborah, and Sister Deborah won't see her, and she'll look this way, and Sister Penny will think, well, she just snubbed me. And the devil's like, I got a grip. And vice I'm not trying to pick you out, but and, and I got a grip. He's, he's, he's got you now like that. He might be hanging on by his fingertips. But he's got a grip. Now he'll try someone else. And a lot of times it's through misunderstanding, yeah, right. through misunderstanding. And now he goes from this, barely hanging on to now he's got his hands on you. He got, now he's got two hands on you. And then he's got himself wrapped around you. And you're like, what even happened? <laughs> this is why you must keep yourself clean before the Lord. Father, forgive them. Even if they meant that, For forgive them. Lord, forgive them, Lord. I've I, I seen the most powerful thing in my life is you to say this, Lord, take whatever they did wrong and lay it on my account and set them free. And watch what that does to you. To so where you would say, Lord, if you've got to take my name out of the book of life and put theirs in, do that for them, Lord. You watch how that changes you. It changes how you criticize them. It changes how you bow up. It was, uh, she, Brother Wendell was sharing some quotes with me and different things on Friday night and, and there was one that he shared and I'd, I have to dig to my phone to find it. But Brother, Brother Brown was talking about that when the love of Christ is in your heart. He said that maybe you have a right to ball someone out. Maybe someone's done something to you. Maybe you feel like you need to straighten them out. Maybe they've done these, said these things to you. He's that love of God will take your heart in such a way where you won't ball them out. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm not wrestling with them. I'm wrestling with that thing that's bothering them. And I'm going to pray for my brother and my sister in that way that God set them free. They don't mean it. They don't know what they're saying. That's possessing that thing. It's different between negotiating with and getting along with to possessing it. I've said that many times. When I go to leave here, I'm taking all my stuff with me because it's mine. I'm taking it with me. And so you as a conqueror is more than an overcomer as you start to step out, not just in your life, because you need to get your life cleaned up too, get your life straightened up, get every demon in your area, area cleaned up and taken care of. That way now you can help someone else. Jesus would say it like this. Why would you talk to your brother about a speck in his eye when you got an 8x8 eight eight hanging out of your eye? A beam hanging out of your eye. Well, brother, let me help you with yours. And he's just like, man, I, I think mine's only an eyelash, and yours is like a pole. Well, I can help you. I can fix you. And fix yourself first. Again, the Bible has provisions. Examine yourself to see whether or not you be in the faith. But once you're sure you're in the faith, now you're ready. You're in marching condition. I read that quote to you on Sunday about, Lord, he said, Brother Bram said, Let Lord, so many are not in a marching condition. Now, I shared that with you that we're in the army of the Lord. We agree? Yes, we're not in the picnic crew. We're not in the, the, in the Lazy Boy crew. We're in the Army of the Lord. So you know that just in the very title that you're going to have to fight sometime. You're going to have to fight at least sometime. So if you're going to be in the Army of the Lord, you're going to want to be in a fighting condition. You're going to want to be in a marching condition. Again, if you're always sitting down and your legs aren't ready and trained for war, you're not going to get very far. You're not in marching condition. And if you're not in marching condition, you sure ain't in no rapturing condition. Right. Remember, footsteps to note possession. Footsteps to note possession. That worked. Turn over to Judges chapter 7 with me. Chapter 7, verse 9. It amazes me. I can look at my life so much in this book right here along the book of Judges. And you find it with the children of Israel that... That God does such supernatural things for them, and then as soon as that they, the, the 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 um what's the word I'm looking for the effect of that wears off, which you should never let the effect of that wear off, never, ever, ever let the effect. Of Once that effect wears off, they're right back out there whoring, their hearts are turned away from God every single time. Their hearts are right back, and and, and I think about, and I I didn't realize just how profound this is but tells a story one time about being in a grocery store and this woman has her baby and he noticed that she kept getting little trinkets and shaking in its face and little shiny things a little mirror and all these things and the baby has no reaction whatsoever she starts screaming the woman starts screaming she said i thought it was better i thought it was better i took it to the doctor and i thought it was better the child was something wrong with its mind Any child that's about himself, if you put something to catch his attention, ooh, that's pretty, that's shaky, that makes noise. That's just naturally being a human. Do you understand how profound of a statement that is for you in your walk with the Lord Jesus? And I've shared that with you so many times that it was told as a testimony about the Welsh revival that it would come out of there and it was said that, that the tiniest little thing God did, the tiniest little headache that God healed, it just... Just set them on fire. Set them on fire. I told you that here recently. I was talking to uh, a wrong number. Text me a month ago or so. I was telling, I was asking about, I was testifying about some of the supernatural things i would seen God do and, and I shared them with her and about different healings and things like that. And she said, there's nothing supernatural about that. And that's very natural. I said, if you the one that got healed and delivered and set free, you'd have said, ain't nothing at all natural about that because ain't nothing natural can help me. Nothing natural can help me. Something supernatural can. Yes. Judges chapter 7 verse 9. But God in his mercy would just, he'd step back in and they'd repent and he'd help them again and help them again and help them again. So as Gideon is, is being told now to go out and how he's to attack the Midianites. How the, he started out with too many people and you've got to trim them down. That's too many people and, and even went down to those that, that wouldn't drop their heads and take their eyes off the enemy. As the lapping of the water. Those that would pick it up and hurt their mouth versus those that would drop down and take their eyes off the enemy. You can't take your eyes off your enemy. He'll put you in a grave. He'll put you in, you can't take your eyes off an enemy. Judge seven Judges chapter seven verse nine. It came to pass, God's gonna send him down to kill all these Mennonites to take over the land. It came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host for I have delivered it into thine hand. He's talking about to go to the camp of the Midianites and go see how I've de- God said, I've delivered them into your hand. I read that to you earlier about anything that God you know, gives me to possess, I'm going to possess it. You feel that way tonight? Anything God could, you, come on now, you feel that way tonight? Anything God gives me to possess, I'm going to possess it. Yes, it came to pass that the same night, the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I've delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Thera thy servant down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say. Thou shalt hear what they say. <coughs> and afterward, <coughs> excuse me, th- shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then when he went down with Thurah his servant under the outside of the armed men that were in the host and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitudes. So to set the scene up to you, Gideon has now 300 men. That's what God willed it down to, 300 men. And he's going against an army that the best way to describe them is they cover all the land like a multitude of grasshoppers. That's not ten to one. That's not even a thousand to one. That might be more like a million to one. Still ain't enough. But it still wasn't enough. He said thou shalt hear what they say. Thou shalt hear what they say. He said that all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers, verse 12, for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. Can you imagine a more unlikely sight? 300 men against a number like this. And God told Gideon, get thee up, go down and hear what they're saying about you. You remember Rahab made that statement to the, the, the 12 spies, those that she hid, the two. She told them that, that, that the fear of your God is upon all of us and there's no courage found anywhere. That there's no courage found anywhere. Your enemy tonight is saying, I got no courage. All I can do is hope that they don't look my way. All I can do is hope that they don't stand up and try to take back what I've stolen. All I can do is pray to God that their faith don't rise up to meet me. He said, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. This is the enemy now. And said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay alone. This is one guy's testimony. Man, I, I had a dream last night. It's got me shaken badly. And I don't, I don't even know what to, how to decipher this. I don't know how to discern this. I don't know what. And he's sharing this with his friend. And his friend says, I got the interpretation of that dream. And his fellow answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gibeon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back all that he stole from me. This is nothing else. That's a pretty, you sure? Buddy, I'm sure. Imagine, how do you know that's the interpretation? Oh, man, I am sure. If I've ever heard anything before, this is nothing else, say the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. And it was so. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped. See, in my mind, he's on his belly crawled up the camp. That's why I picture this. You you find you want to sneak up the camp. You don't walk up whistling and, hey, y'all, hey, what y'all doing over there? No, you're trying to sneak as close as you can. And you just happen to hear two of the guards' testimony about a dream that he had the night before. And then Gideon worshipped. Why would he worship? Because God's about to do what God said he's about to do. You believe God keeps his word tonight? You believe God still keeps his word for you? You believe God has given these things into your hand? That was said that when they speak, it's not them that speaks. It's I that speaks in them. And it said, when he heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. The host of Midian. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Like I said, if you've got a legal right, if you're sure, if you know that you know that you know, as you'll come up to fight your enemy, he's going to remind you of every sin you've ever done, every mistake, every shortcoming, any time you ever fell short, every single time, that's what he's going to tell you. I shared that with you in the, in the prayer line of the youth meeting last year. I, I, I guarantee you Satan told me 295,000 times you're not worthy, you're a sinner, you're guilty, you're all these different things to the point where I was spending all my time praying for someone, Satan, rebuking rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Praying for someone, Satan, I rebuke you over and over. Finally, I just got to well, I'm done. Amen. I won't even give you an ear no more. I'm done. He's going to lie to you over and over and over. But let me, let me tell you what the Lord says about that. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, but this man... After he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down at the right hand of God. Anyone here tonight have any kind of confidence whatsoever in that sacrifice? Anybody? Come on now. Anybody got any confidence in that sacrifice? You feel like it's good enough? You feel like it got the job done? You feel like you're clean enough right now in the presence and the grace and mercy and redeeming blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? That this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever ever set down the right hand of God Amen. from henceforth expecting expecting let's pause that word just a minute and I shared that with you on Sunday that that was the anniversary of two different years in a row that brother Ram had preached a sermon called expectations what is your expectation as a Christian tonight I want to ask you again just because I want to keep you this in your thought and in the forefront of your mind what is your expectation of this service here tonight when you walked in here, we, we all have jobs, we have lives, we have things we have to do, we have chores, we have all those things. To come to the house of the Lord, to come to the altar of the Lord, you put it all aside. You stop everything, your world, you put it on pause. I, I'll be back later. When I don't care. I'll be back. Right. All those things, just to come here and, and, and leave like nothing happened. Don't live beneath your means. There's something so supernatural about gathering with those saints of light, precious faith, and you get that pillar of fire and that pillar of fire and that pillar of fire, you're going to start a brush fire. Maybe you come in a little bit cold tonight. Maybe you come in a little bit bit tired, a little bit needing a renewing, needing a drawing closer. Come closer to the fire. Let it warm you. Let it draw you near. Let it get you fired back up. There's something very powerful about being in the altar of the Lord. This is, it is set aside to be the altar of the Lord. Yes, sir. In that same book of Judges, there was um, after that they had all that with the Levite and the concubine and the Benjamites, got Benjaminites got killed off. And, and then that point come to be that they realized that they didn't have any women to give for wives for the Benjamites. So what they decided to do, they went to the altar of the Lord, they inquired of the Lord, they asked His mercy, what do we do? And the question come back, who's missing from the altar of the Lord? Which of the 12 tribes did not come to the altar of the Lord? And I'm pretty sure it was Jephthah of Gilead's tribe didn't come down. They didn't come down to the altar of the Lord to inquire of the Lord. They stayed home. They just kicked back. You know what? It's a Wednesday night. No big deal. We'll we'll just rest. No no big trouble. Who's going to care? Who's going to miss us? What's going to happen? Something bad happened. They went down there and slew every one of the men and every woman that had been with the man and brought back all the virgins, killed them all because they weren't at the altar of the Lord. It's no big deal. The devil tells you it's no big deal. You miss something, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to him. I understand why I thank for that. We're living in the hour of grace and mercy that we aren't killed for missing a service. I thank God for that. But if it's that serious to miss, how precious it is it to come? So back to your expectations. Why would you get here early? Why would you spend that time in prayer before song, service, service started? Why would you take that time to consecrate yourself, to calm yourself down, to push all those things back into slaying here? Lord, before I even start singing, I want to tell you I love you. I appreciate your mercy. Lord, something, something amazing happened today, something so truly amazing that so many times I overlook. Day after day, I overlook this. I woke up this morning. I should not have woke up this morning. And when I rolled over, guess what? My feet worked. My legs worked. My hips worked. It all worked. And that's just the grace of God. And I don't want to ever overlook that, Lord. I don't want to be like the, the nine lepers and not say thank you, Lord. I'm going to take my opportunity in your presence and say, Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord. I can't live without you. I don't want to breathe without you, Lord. I want to say I appreciate you so much for all you do to me before the song service ever starts. Now what will the worship service look like? Get into an atmosphere like that created. You've been here before that on Wednesday nights that the worship service, that the pre-service before the worship service, the presence of the Lord is moving through the room and you're on your hands and knees worshiping Him in a pre-service. Because an atmosphere was created. Because you come expecting. And you're not just, you know what, I keep my feet back and like they always say, you just try your best to bless me. I come here. Because I'm going to be a part of the house of the Lord. I'm going to be a part of those people. I'm going to create that atmosphere. I'm gonna be in a Martian condition. I'm gonna walk in here, me as a creator, and I'm gonna sit in my chair and start right there on my knees, and I'm gonna create an atmosphere that someone else who's maybe struggling, maybe someone who's had a bad week, had a bad day, maybe they would step inside and and Lord, that an atmosphere created that all those things will start to slip away, and they'll forget about the trouble, they'll forget about the distress, they'll forget about the persecution, they'll forget maybe the pain of their body, maybe the pain of their heart, the pain of their life, pain of their soul, pain of their spirit, and let it all slip away. And where now they can go from this to this. The prophet would tell you that this alone is a supernatural act. That by doing this, you are defying gravity by putting your hands in the air. And we sang that earlier. This makes the devil mad. Makes the devil mad. Because the devil's got all his punches coming at you. He's got all of his insults, all of his lobbying things coming at you. And you're standing there. You're still in the fight. But when you do this, it drives him crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I want to walk all day long just like that. What about that? What about it? I'm not surrendering to you. I'm surrendering to him. Today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. I'm only going to praise him and love him. From henceforth expecting, when you come in this place, Wednesday night, any night, prayer meeting night, Saturday singing, whatever it might be, expecting God to move. As he is, so are we. His desire should be your desire. Expecting as we come to the house of the Lord, Lord, I want an environment. I want an atmosphere that any sinner, anyone that don't know you would walk down that street Get so far and their heart would be grabbed like a magnet. They'd walk right up in here and they'd give their heart to God. Amen. Again, the devil's told us that you only look for numbers. I don't care about numbers. I care about souls. I'm going to take as many with me as I can. You say I'm only about numbers, you don't know me. I want as many souls I can take with me as I can. I want the power of God to so saturate this property that no one can walk down the road I want them to drive down 151st and all of a sudden their car starts turning. I don't know why my car is turning in there. In the, in the questions and answers series in the COD book, Brother Ram talks about he said, you really want to see a fruit. You want to see proof that you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not speaking in tongues. He said, You may or you may not. He said, You have the fruit of you'll believe every word of God. That is one of the fruits. He's one of the best ones that I can tell is soul travail. Punch that on your table. Soul travail to where that you are crying out day and night for the souls of those around you. That you're crying out. The prophet said to you can't sleep. He said, I pray, I pray that God gives my church that kind of burning desire. That you can't sleep without praying for those around you. Lord, have mercy on them, Lord. They're not saved. They don't know you, Lord. They've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, saturate them. Save them. Change them, Lord. He said, when you get a church like that, he said, the entire world. He didn't say community. He didn't say city. He didn't say neighborhood. The entire world will come through here to get prayed for. Let that sink in a minute. Let that sink in a minute. See, I believe that man was a prophet. I know so many people that don't know the message. They'll tell you they do, but they missed the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ in this revealed word. They missed what God's here to do in this day. They let the devil tell them, it's just your four and no more, that the door is closed, that I can't fellowship with them. They don't agree with like me. You don't believe it just like me. We can't talk. We can't hang out. We can't fellowship. Who do you think you are? I'll tell you what I was. I'm a sinner saved by grace, that if I got to talk to anybody, blessed be the name of the Lord. If the Lord let my mouth work in the next 20 minutes, blessed be the name of the Lord. You change your objective. You change your motive. You change your attitude, and you'll watch God move in your life expecting henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool for by one offering one offering he hath perfected he come on now he hath perfected forever the reason why i'm straining so hard on these verses i'm straining and wearing you out so hard on these verses because your enemy is telling you all the time not that one Not that one. Not that one. Remember when you said that? Remember when you did that? Remember when you thought that? Remember when you made that mistake? Remember when you fell here? All these different things. Nonstop. So let me read the only thing that's true. The only thing that's true. I'll read it to you again. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. That is nothing but the truth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but I'm redeemed. You're redeemed by the most precious blood. And ain't nothing Satan can do, lie or steal or time. You off of it. Amen. Perfected forever, them that are sanctified. Sanctified. I love that the Lord put that on Brother William's heart, to preach on the difference between justification and sanctification. Those different parts. And I heard Brother Tim Pruitt say years ago, he said, "If you're sitting in the room tonight and you've only been justified and sanctified, you're one of the most dangerous people on the planet, because you're a hypocrite, you're a make-believer. You're stop short. Don't stop short." Again, de- the devil's telling you, I say you're a devil, the liar, your enemy, is telling you all the time, well, you're fine, you're okay, you're, you're good right where you're at. Don't come no further. Don't get no closer. You stay right here. Everything's good. I've been in the message 95,000 years. I've believed all these different things, and, and I've been a Christian forever, and, and I'm all good. You're all good. You know in your heart you're not. Amen. You know in your heart you're not. But to be justified and then sanctified. Justified is to pick you up out of the manure pile. Sanctification is to clean you up. But now you're ready for something. That Jesus had said that when the unclean spirit is cast out of a man, that it walketh in dry places. But then he comes back to that same house. And he finds it swept and garnished. He finds it justified and sanctified but empty. And that person is now brings back seven worse spirits in himself. And that person is way, way worse Way, 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 way worse. Way, 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 way. I heard a testimony of some meetings here a few years ago. That this this one young boy had got a demon cast off him in the prayer line, and that it was on his heart to go get baptized. And in the process of getting out of the building, they were having a baptism later that night. To getting over there, something happened and it come back on him. So what it was, I don't know. But in my mind, thinking about different things, he could have looked at his phone for a minute. He could have thought something for a minute. Anything from surrendering his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You give the, don't give the devil one inch. Don't give him one second. You see, when that thing's been cast off, right then, fall to your knees. Lord, I give my life to you. I love how so many times the Simplicity of our Prophet would say people, again, about those folks at the Lutheran College, you remember, they, they had chewed him out, and, and then he, he talked to him and then they asked him to come up and speak, and they, he asked him, he said, will you forgive me? And he said, I forgive, me, I forgive you when you said it. So they asked him, he said, how do we receive the Holy Ghost? And this is at a Lutheran College. How do we receive the Holy Ghost? So Brother Rand will make this statement. You can, again, search on the table. He said, you know what I told him. He said, you get up out of your chair, you get on your knees, and you put your face on that wall and you tell the Lord Jesus I will not get up. I will not get up until you give me that baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said and God sees that. So many again your enemy twists things. He said, "Well, you believed. You you become a member. You shook my hand. All these things you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That don't mean nothing." Again, Acts 19, Paul asked him, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" I believe, again, they say that if you, the Bible says that those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. That's true. But that belief will bring you to something. You cannot say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, smoking your joints, smoking your drugs, looking at women, robbing, thieving, stealing, you know, having critical spirit. You can't do that. because you really don't believe. Because that belief, that faith will lead you to him. And he will take and look at your faith. He'll examine it. And then he'll give you that gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. You don't earn it. It's a gift. He gives it to you. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. The Holy Ghost is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Now, maybe I'm not good at reading. Maybe I struggle with comprehension. So maybe we'll read this one more time again. Verse 15 Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. Am I saying the right words? For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith someone else. Sayeth the Lord, okay, I'm I'm saying the right words. I'll put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. When does this happen? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Am am I not good? Am I struggling with reading? Am I not making myself clear? That's when that happens. So why in the world would someone tell you you don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why would someone tell you you don't need a new birth? Why would someone lead someone, you're okay, you don't need that. I hate them people using those words. I hate them keep constantly bringing them up. I hate that's all they talk about. You can't get revelation without it. Right. You can't get revelation. You have people that call themselves teachers. Well, I'm just all this and this and, and it's all about the word. You can't understand the word without the word. The Holy Ghost is the word. Well, we just got the word. So you've got the Holy Ghost. Well, he's the one that leads and guides To the wisdom and revelation and knowledge and understanding of him. He does that. He's also a comforter. There's things that, that, that come out through revelation that you would need comfort over. John said when I ate the book, he said it was sweet in my mouth, but it was bitter in my belly. There's things I didn't understand, but the Holy Ghost is a comforter. And he helps him to understand that. And if y'all would just let him be, he would have gone over, I don't understand. It was sweet. You know, it was bitter. And not, I don't understand. But the Holy Ghost would lead him. This is why. This is why. This is why. Surrendering his life to him and God revealing himself to him. Revealing this to him. Because again, God will speak to you. It's God's desire to speak to you. It's his desire to reveal himself to you. Now, one of the most profound statements you might ever hear. This should set your heart on fire better than, than, than being told you just run a trillion dollars. That you've just been given the greatest castle mansion ever been told. That, that you were just told, that this is the best news that you would ever heard. This trumps it by an infinite number. He Amen. said, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Amen their sins and their iniquities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's let have the musicians come. Let's stand tonight. My sins, my iniquities, my sins. I know I was a sinner. I know I needed to be redeemed. And praise be to God. I think an F. I am redeemed. Oh, I've
0: been bought with a pride. Oh, my Jesus. Jesus. He has changed.
1: stand all these years later giving glory and honor to your name Lord we standing on this side of where John come from he was able to be brought forward to see our day and, and what you've done Lord and stepping forward to open the book revealing the seals ripping them off Lord and revealing yourself to your bride how grateful we are tonight Lord let us never undervalue let us Never lose sight of your worth and what you've done in this day, Lord. It's so easy to to get down in the mire and the muck and the stress of life and and forget what a blessed people that we are tonight. Never been a blessed people like this, Lord, that we get to live in the day and the hour when the Son of Man has been revealed. Not one day to be, not waiting for the coming, but has been revealed. Step forward in the power of your word, Lord. Oh, what a mighty God you are, Lord. How kind and gentle and gracious, Lord. I can't imagine. I can't imagine your excitement, your expectation. You've been waiting since before the foundation of the world for this moment. You've been waiting for the bride of this day to be manifested, to be, to be born and to be raised up and trained and, and as a child or as a, as a calf in the stall being taught how to believe you, to love you, to live for you, to surrender ourselves to you, to get ready to be in marching condition so that we can be like that army that Joel prophesied of. Never, ever, ever thrusting one another. Never striking one another never hurting one another, living for one another, loving one another, healing one another, forgiving one another, and if so be needed, dying for one another. Lord, help us. Help us to portray that image that you've, had in your minds before the foundation of the world lord let us lay anything and everything and all things aside lord that that might be preventing us or trying to hinder us from becoming that manifested expressed attribute of you lord jesus or we want what you want we love you with all our hearts bless our brothers and sisters as they go their separate ways or so many things tonight were said kind of in a highlight Or just in a peak of something, Lord. But I pray that you, the word, will take those highlights, Lord. And ground them down real deep into their hearts, Lord. Open up that file, Lord. Reveal it to them in such a way, Lord. They would never, ever be able to get away from it. More importantly, that the devil could never get it away from them. But they would hold it written in the fleshy tables of our hearts, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We worship you with all that's within us. We appreciate your mercy, Lord God. Bless our brothers and sisters. Bless all those that would watch the recording, Lord. I pray, Father, you would give them grace. I pray for my brothers and sisters here tonight that you would give them grace, Lord. Maybe something I said in the wrong way that they might misunderstand. Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, I pray that you would straighten it up in their ears. That you would make it them only hear the right thing, Lord. Don't Don't let them just hear my broken up or or talk too fast or saying something wrong, Lord. But let you, the wisdom and revelation, quicken these truths to their hearts, Lord, in its clarity, in its purity, in its simplicity. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our redeemer. Thank you for willing to die for us. Thank you for willing to let them rip the skin off your body just so that we might be healed. Not someday soon or off in the future, but you said it is finished. I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters here tonight, anyone watching the recording, that this truth would be quickened to their hearts so strong that it would shake them out of any lying vanity that they're looking at. For you have said that I've sent my word and I've healed all of their diseases. This, Lord, we say with faith, it's nothing but the truth. We thank you and trust you for that. Help us, Lord God. Bring us back here on uh, for our work day, but more importantly for our service on Sunday. Lord, let each one of us fight through all the enemy oppression, all the enemy's av- advances and attacks, and to push all that aside, Lord, so that we might spend time in prayer before Sunday for the Sunday service. We know how the devil fights our prayer life. We know how he tries to keep us busy and distracted so we can't spend time in prayer. Your prophet brought back fruit from the other side that told us that when the weakest Christian goes to our knees, every demon in hell gets scared. Big ones, little ones, sideways ones, whatever they might be, they all get scared. Lord, help us to spend time in prayer for the service. Help us to come expecting on Sunday, Lord God, to see you, the great supernatural paradox, miracle-working, performing God, do things in our hearts, in our lives. And Lord, we'll say thank you for it. Help us, we pray. We love you, Jesus, and your lovely, lovely name. Amen.
0: Sad.